In today's show, we discuss who really built the pyramids. And now, the TNT Talk Show, daring to go where other podcasts fear to Hello, I'm Tony Fasulo, and I share the stage with my esteemed friend and colleague, Tayo Boya. Tayo, hello, my friend. I hope you're keeping safe and well. Yeah, what the hell, Tony? What <laughs> you going to do, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with your wonderful disposition and uh, positivity, are you going to say hi to our audience? Yeah, what the hell? Oh. <laughs> You're back in the trend here. What's going on? Uh, I want us to get past this stage. Listen, listen. How do you kill a blue elephant? <sighs> I don't even know whether to even engage in this. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a blue elephant, but I'll ask the question anyway. I don't know. How do you kill a blue elephant? You shoot it with a blue elephant gun, obviously. <sighs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, all right, all right. okay, okay. <laughs> How do you kill a pink elephant? Uh, I don't know whether to rise up to this. Going with your analogy earlier, is it a pink gun? No, there's no such thing as a pink elephant gun, Tony. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Please, can I stress, don't give up the day job. Let me tell you how to kill a pink elephant. Choke it until it turns blue. And then shoot it with the blue elephant gun, Tony. Come on, it's common sense. <laughs> Why am I laughing? This is so bad. Yeah, I love it. I love it where you laugh. You, these, are, thinking... these are like cracker jokes that you get out of a cracker that are so bad, you laugh anyway because they're so painful and you're bringing them to our show, Ty. Uh, I love it when I hear you laugh like that because I know it pains you. Just the way you pain me, making me say hello to the audience. <laughs> I get my revenge. If, um, our audience may not know what, what that means. That's revenge. Uh-huh. Oh, from uh, what show was that? Revenge. Revenge. It, it was. It was a Black Adder, one of the Black Adders, oh, one okay. of the series. Yes, yeah, so when he was captured, Lord Lord Black Adder was captured and held prisoner in Portugal, I believe it was. I can't remember. It's been so long since I saw those. But right, anyway. Right, let's move on with the show. And our topic today is who really built the pyramids? Now, I don't know whether you want to give your opinion on this first or shall I? Whatever you prefer, Dyer. This came about when I, this topic came about when I happened upon a book which we've discussed before. This is a book that the CIA has seen fit to proscribe. Mm. It was written in 1963, was published in 1965. And the CIA just took all the copies and disappeared with them. And it's a book about ancient civilizations. And as we've already spoken about it, we were quite perplexed because neither one of us could figure out why the CIA would be bothered about a book 
which dealt with ancient civilizations. And, and mm. we still don't know. I don't know. But it's still classified today, that book. It's still classified till today, audience. If Believe it or not, the book is still classified till today. But some parts were released, and one of the parts that was released dealt with ancient Egypt. And there are suggestions that the Egyptians did not build the pyramid or the Sphinx. In particular, I think in particular... The Sphinx was the main focus in the book. That it wasn't built by the Egyptians. And then I came across a, a video, which had, uh, which was related to the book. By the way, it was through this video that I learned about the book. And the video maker showed image, showed well, video of various stones in that you know, that make up the pyramids and the temples. And I have to say that the, the join between the stones mm. was so incredibly fine that it shocked me. I mean, I want the audience to understand that I think we would have difficulty creating such fine joints today with all our technology, yeah. lasers and all. Agreed. And that is when I started taking this book's assertion more seriously, because I cannot fathom who would have been able to create those joints and, and to mason, and I don't think mason is actually a verb, and to mason those stones so, so accurately. And that's why I said, look, you know, let's have a chat about who who might have built the pyramids because it, it really doesn't seem to be the ancient Egyptians. No, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, actually, because I think we're going to unravel a few bits of evidence as we go through this episode today, mm. because I'm in agreement with you. I think it does a lot of the the standard the 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 standard narrative is that they were built by by slaves there were a lot mm -hmm. of them and that's it but when you look at the detail of what these things how these things are made the precision of them as you've just alluded to you bet to, you start to think well how on earth with the tools that we've uncovered that seems to be attributed to the Egyptians. How can they make such precision cuts to granite and limestone and, and even obsidian, which is some of the others, which I'll touch on in a moment, it, with such accuracy, without cracking, splitting, affecting it in such a way that, as you've rightly said, these stones are not insignificant. They're huge. And to get them to line up. Yeah. And to line up so perfectly that you can't even get a hair or a piece of paper in between the, the cracks because they're so well put together, beggars belief. That, so that is the thing, you see, Tony. I, I think you and I, and maybe uh, our audience, they've already heard this before that you can't put a hair in between these stones. And I'm sure until you see the sorts of video or pictures or images that I'm talking about. Mm. It's just it's just a phrase that is virtually meaningless. You can't put your yeah. hair between them. When you see what we're talking about, 
and then you realize that you really can't put a hair between these two stones, then I invite you to go outside into your garden and pick up two stones and try to put them together in such a way that a hair won't pass between, between the stones. And then you begin to appreciate the difficulty. And Tony said just now, he said, these are large stones. Yeah, well, that's one, exp- that's one way to, to describe them. <laughs> Humongously massive is another way because you're talking about stones that are usually a minimum of 25 tons and go up to 50 tons. So in the 21st century, these are stones that would give us some form of headache to, to manipulate. I mean, I'm sure we could do it because without, you know, without technologies and whatnot, but it's not going to be easy and possibly not even every country on earth could, could manage it in the 21st century. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's not a, it's not a, uh, an inconsiderable. It's not a uh, a trivial job here we're talking about. No. And I just wanted to emphasize because you, you yeah when you said you can't fit a hair between the, 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 the seams, no. I, I want people to understand that that's literal. Yes. It's it's not it's not a figure of speech. It, it is absolutely correct. I mean, I was gobsmacked. I think you actually mentioned it to me one time and i thought it can't be that tight but mm. i've subsequently done some more research and it, you're absolutely spot on tire it is exactly that you literally cannot get the a, a paper and someone even went up to them with a piece of paper and tried to put them between the gaps of these huge stones as you say they're enormous you cannot get the gap a paper through the gap they are so well made and put together that the craftsmanship is is incredible and the question that we're raising in this whole whole talk today this whole show is how were these built these pyramids actually built who really Mm -hmm. built them because if you go back to the egyptian the egyptian um bits that they've found and discovered there's a lot of evidence to show that they only had very rudimentary tools Mm -hmm. So how could you use these simple tools to cut these really solid rocks in the way that they have? And they're brilliantly cut, by the way, and then yeah. line them all up. Logistically, it, it, as you say, even today, we are still scratching our heads as to how the pyramids were made because there's so much debate about it. It's not a, you know, it's not a conclusion and done because – the Egyptians didn't even have the wheel. This is what sounds crazy. And th- I've got some figures here, which I, I researched. For the one of the pyramids, the smallest blocks were two and a half tons each, smallest ones. Mm. The average ones were, were between 15 and 20 tons each, and the bigger ones were 50 tons each. 50 to 70 tons each. Right. And, and they used 2.3 million. <laughs> 2.3 million of these to construct the pyramids. 2.3 million. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, bet I should correct myself. So when I said the starting from 25 tons to 50 tons, and these are the, the foundation, these are the yes, big blocks, the, the foundation. Big ones, blocks, the foundation not blocks. every single... Um, stone because obviously some of them were smaller so thanks for the correction yeah but the two and a half tons are still sizable you know 
They're still well, sizable. It's not a wheelbarrow job, is it? <laughs> it's not a wheelbarrow job for a single workman. Would you just pop down there? Uh, no. whatever they were called, you know, uh, I, I don't know ancient Egyptian names, unfortunately. Mm. So I can't, I, I can't say. I mean, so, some of the things that really, really, um, I mean, if, if our listeners want to do some research, there's plenty of information about this on the internet. But the, the Giza pyramid, the big one, that actually points to true north. So not only did they construct this thing so brilliantly, it's only three sixtieths of a degree off of true north. So not only did they construct it the way they did, they also knew about the stars and the, the geometry of the planet in order to have this pointing to true north. Even the Greenwich Observatory in London is less accurate than the Giza Pyramid. Did you know that? <laughs> well, no. That's incredible. I, I, I only found that out today. The Greenwich Observatory in London is 960th of a degree less accurate than the Geyser Pyramid. When you say it points to true north, what does that exactly mean? I'm, I'm imagining the pyramid. Did you say true north, by the way? True north, not magnetic north. True north. Okay. What does that mean that it points to it? Because it's a pyramid. So what's pointing? It's obviously not the apex. It's not the point at the no, top, is it? It's the alignment of the pyramid itself. The, the flat face where the entrance is, is designed so that north is directly, directly in front. If you threw a, a line straight out and it would go directly to true north. And it was designed that way. The flat face, one of the four flat face guys. Like, oh, Where there's right? an entrance, there was supposed to be an entrance to one of them, wasn't there? Oh, I see. And that points to, to true north. True north. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I was a bit confused because um, I didn't. But so, so, why did you mention? Did you mention say something about stars? Yeah. Well, because, what's the star got to do with true north? Then? Well, that's that's how they they knew about the stars and worked out. The position of the stars and knew that the north was where it was on our planet because how else would they know i look i tell you what i know a lot of things because i think i've proved he said <laughs> sniffing uh <laughs> over our, our podcast but you see when it comes to things like true north and stars and all that i i don't know anything that's why i'm asking you i, I genuinely don't know I, I i can't even give you a definition of true north okay I, I don't know, you know, what makes it north? Is it, you know, I don't know, why, why is there a true north? Magnetic north, I understand. Hmm. I don't understand the true north, and I don't even know what it means, and I don't know how we work it out. There's a, I don't know the exact theory of how it's worked out, but it shows that the uh -huh. true north of the planet, but clearly the Egyptians were equipped with that knowledge in order to construct this thing to point directly there, significant-wise, because... There is, there is examples of the other pyramids which are scattered around the world, because there are others, mm -hmm. are all in alignment with this. With what? With the pyramids of Giza. Alignment with it? In what yeah. sense? Yeah, well, they're on a similar line around the planet. What does that mean, Tony? Well, well 
if you were to look at it from space, you would see that they form a line all the way around as a circle that goes around the circumference of the Earth. Not that you've got one in North America, South America, then one in North Asia. That would be a zigzag, wouldn't it? But mm -hmm. where they're actually in a line with each other and they I circumvent see. the world at strategic locations. That, that sounds like nonsense. I'll tell you why. Because there are pyramids in Sudan. Okay. And there are pyramids. So if you, if you try to draw a line from Giza uh, or Egypt to Sudan, you'd be going sort of southwest. Yeah. And if you project that in your mind... In your mind's eye, and you project. Let's say, let's go northwards, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going, you're going northeast at this stage. So northeast from Egypt will take you into Russia. Saudi Arabia and then Russia. Yeah, yep. and the, and you're going to miss China altogether. Yeah. So aren't there pyramids in China? I don't know that. I know yeah, that there's no, some in no, South sure. America, and that's yeah. what they were referring to. And apparently, there's a link to the one in the the the, the not the hieroglyphs, what they're called, the monuments, those big statues on Easter Island. Apparently, yeah, there's some gold statues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're huge the, things the, over there the, as well. Uh, the, 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 the heads. Yeah, they look like heads, big heads yes. on Easter Island. And, that's and kind that's, of weird as well. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, absolutely that's weird because those rocks aren't native to the island. And they're oh, yeah. huge as well. <laughs> I mean, let me, let me tell you something that I, that I discovered, which is as fascinating as the pyramids themselves. Because obviously the pyramids, we don't know how they're built. Mm. But... Within, within inside the Great Pyramid, there's a, the, the Grand Gallery. Mm. And there's massive, the ma massive rocks that you mentioned, the ones at the base of the pyramid. Yeah. There's some in there, and that's higher up yeah. in the King's Chamber. Yeah. How, how were they first cut? How were they got in there and raised and put above the King's Chamber that was in there? So there's a lot of logistical questions on how these things were moved around because there's just the feasibility of it does not make sense i mean unless we're missing something or we're you know there's a simpler statement here that the early egyptians were actually far more technologically advanced than the subsequent ones because well, that's easy that's that's easy to believe because I don't know if you understand this. I think I've mentioned it. But from a point of view of someone like me who doesn't believe in evolution, there's an interesting fact. And that is every generation we introduce more and more mutations into our gene pool. So that we are let's let's pretend that there was an Adam and Eve, right? Yeah. From a certain point of view, Adam and Eve, I'm going to go with the biblical Adam and Eve, not the, you know, whatever, hmm. biological, whatever. But the, let's take the biblical Adam and Eve. From a certain point of view, they were perfect. Perfect okay. specimens of humans because they were the original copy. Every 
subsequent generation has degraded. And we're talking about the introduction of, of I believe it's something like, and I think everybody can Google it. Well, sorry, can use a search engine of their choice to, to, <laughs> to find out, right? But it's about 6,000 mutations per generation. And think of how many generations we've had. Okay. So, so it is entirely believable that 5,000 years ago, which is when these pyramids were supposedly built, there was just better humans around than, than we have today. It, now, whether that gave them this fantastic technology, in fact, I don't even know. I'm waiting for you to, to make your point because I'm sort of interrupting you here because I've got some counter, counter you know, things I want to, hmm. to bring up. Well, but it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily impossible that they had ways and means of cutting stones, which are not fantastical. It's just that we've, we've forgotten how they did it. Indeed, it is a quite a possibility, but there's no, no evidence of that. That's the problem. We found evidence of all the different civilizations throughout the generations and Egyptian civilization is no different. We found many, many tools and artifacts that they used for making their, their, you know, their ornaments and things. And the later generations were what you would expect with chisels and things. The tooling that we discovered matched some of the workmanship, which actually was less less efficient, less symmetrical than the previous stuff. And that either makes you wonder, have we still not found the tools or did that original civilization die out? Or where's their equipment? There's no evidence of the equipment of the construction. And that's the baffling thing, because even though we have the, the evidence of the pyramids and there's, there's another one. I don't know if our listeners have heard of this before or whether you have. Have you heard of the boxes of Serapium? Uh, no. Okay. Now, these are located in Saqqara in Egypt, which mm-hmm. isn't that far away from where the Giza pyramids are. Yeah. And they found these 25 boxes between 70 and 100 tonnes each. Are okay. you talking about the stone boxes? They're stone, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, the stone boxes, yeah. Yeah, they're 25 oh, yeah. of them, mm-hmm. between 70 to 100 tonnes each, mm-hmm. made of granite, mm-hmm. but so the lines of the, the built, these are solid pieces of granite that have been carved out to make these boxes. These boxes are huge, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, like I said, they're 70, 70 tons each and the lid is 30 tons. And where they found them in the chamber, they thought, oh, they must have been made outside and brought in. The chamber has only got two feet of space, clearance space around these huge, huge boxes. Mm. So how could they have got in the chamber? Well, they built the thing around them. It's a chamber. Well, they built the they built the pyramid 
Oh, sorry. The, cha- the chamber. They built the chamber around the stones. The, uh, the boxes. Around the boxes. Okay. These are, the- these are very. By the way, these boxes. Another thing is that the lines of them are so clean. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, it's perfect. I, you know, I think audience are going to have to actually sort of try to to look at these things because you don't understand the awe with which Tony and I are speaking. Because <laughs> these these things are all inspiring. They they are awesome. They are awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, huge, huge uh, blocks and the perfection. But I, I'm still saying that we might have some difficulty, you know, achieving today. Yeah. I'm sure we could with, with lasers and things, but I don't, I don't even know if we even could. I'm just, I assume we could. With granite, though, this is the thing. Granite crumbles and, and cuts and splits if, you, if you're using too strong an instrument. What about the curved edges? How do you curve granite? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> this is the thing. It, it's 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 beyond compare. And even and and there's a, and there's a particular area, funnily enough, where you've got the boxes very close to another set of boxes that were made. You could see that they were made using very clearly. They were made using the the tools that have been unearthed, the mm. simple tools. And the comparison is, is, is like comparing, I don't know, what you want to compare it to. A horse, um, cart, a, a horse cart made of wood with a very flashy sports car today. Yeah, something like that in the comparison. It's just beyond compare. One is made like it's, it's your Apple product, and, and mm. the other one is, is, you know, some cheap end market knockoff. Uh, that that's just not compared. It's just been made in some backstreet office or wherever it may be. But it, honestly, it, 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 the compare, it's just incredible. These boxes are so smooth, so made cleanly, not a blemish. It yeah. doesn't make sense. It just does not make sense that you could have one, one technology effectively used for one manufacturer of one and side by side just a few feet away you've got the one you expected to see mm-hmm. using the tools that were made which is quite shoddy and you know you can see the chisel marks and the and the the little chips and the the angles which are all weird and wrong which is what you would expect so, yeah i think the thing is that we have to go back and look at our assumptions we are assuming that the pyramids were built by the people whose tools we found at the site. And I put it to you that if you perform a thought experiment and say that the pyramids were actually built thousands of years before the people who left tools at the site were born, then we don't know who built the pyramids. Yeah. A lot of our, our confusion stems because of the assumption that the ancient Egyptians built the pyramids. I'm saying that if you free yourself from the shackles of that imagination, then there's less confusion, there's just ignorance. Because we then understand that there, was a, there is a lost civilization that we're just completely not aware of. Yeah, which, which would make more sense. However... There is some evidence to show that Ramesses, Ramesses II, I think it was Ramesses II, 
laid claim to the pyramid. So mm-hmm. that would that would indicate that it was built in and around the time that we have already worked out. What what do you mean by laid claim? Sorry. Well, apparently- uh, he, si- he signed it apparently all right but you know if you're a powerful pharaoh and there's this great hulking building and you're looking for somewhere to hang out when you die you can sign it and say it's mine <laughs> who's going to argue very true very true yeah. who's going to argue so and he's inherited it in other words in a, yes and I think you'll agree that if you're doing your research there are no hieroglyphs anywhere in Egypt showing how the pyramids were built. Mm. Right? To me, that's just slam. That's just the end of the conversation right there. There's, they've got hieroglyphs of everything else. This one thing, the great big, huge pyramids they built and must have spent donkey, if it was them, which I don't think it was, they spent decades built, uh, erecting. Not one single hieroglyph of how they did it. That. To me, that proves that they didn't do it. Well, that, to me, I, I would have to agree. But then the question does bring us to who actually built them then. Ooh. Yeah. You see, well, we've, we've gone through a lot of this. I mean, oh, yeah, another bit of information which I discovered. Have you heard of the the material obsidian? Yes. Yeah, the obsidian. Hardest. Well, I mean, where's your... What is it now? Which one is it now? Is it Star Trek or Star Wars? I think it's Star Trek. Okay. The the Obsidian Order. Oh, okay. Yeah, the hardest stone. Yes, it is. It's, the hardest it's, stone. it's, it's on a scale of one to ten. It's a nine. It's just not behind diamond. Sorry, Tony. Yeah. Sorry. Not yeah. only not only that. Obsidian also featured very heavily in the Game of Thrones. Oh, didn't did you? It? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Wasn't I've never that watched the, the Game of Thrones? You haven't watched the Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, I haven't watched the Game of Thrones. Jules you can't run it. around saying things like, I haven't watched the Game of Thrones. <laughs> you just can't. You know, there are people right now who are listening to this who are choking down whatever they were drinking. You have to give fair warning before you spring stuff like this on our, on our poor, unsuspecting audience. You know, I just hope you haven't killed anyone, man. You With that statement around. alone. Sorry? With that statement alone. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sorry. If you know, whatever you've spilt on yourself or whatever, but next time we will exercise more caution. You just throw it out and watch the game. Of, you next thing say, I haven't watched Sound of Music or something. No, you can't run around and say stuff like that. <laughs> Frankie. Anyway, you were saying. Yeah, yeah. What I was saying, um, there's examples. I mean, underneath, underneath the the pyramid, one of them, they found these jars and ornaments that were made. Oh, okay? yes. They found 40,000 of them. Okay. <laughs> these are made with really high precision. I'm mm-hmm. not joking. From obsidian and other mm-hmm. like materials. Now, these things, you've got to understand, they're so difficult to work on because they're so tough. And there's no way the bronze tools could really lay anything on the on obsidian it's just too tough mm-hmm. and also if you if you even got a diamond and you try to cut obsidian with a diamond if you don't do it correctly the obsidian will crack and shatter if it's used at the wrong angle 
Now, some of these vases that were found are made so precision, so well, so beautiful even, that they are designed to be really thin. So they actually cut the obsidian. So imagine you can imagine a little pot that sits in the palm of your hand, but the, the entrance at the top is very, very narrow. Mm. But it's been hollowed out of obsidian inside to make it smooth and to make it thin. The actual edges were, are so thin, it almost resembles glass. Goodness. And these artifacts were found, these jars that were found in there was thousands of them in and around the first pyramid. Now, those by themselves would would people would question how on earth could you do we can't do that today so how would they able to do it so this really raises the question and and you've alluded to it was there a civilization that predates the egyptians that built all this stuff but somehow faded away was destroyed i know there's there's myths about um, what's it called? Atlantis and things like that. Yes. Did they genuinely exist? Was there this technologically advanced civilization? And did they exist on the planet, but somehow got destroyed and died away? We don't know. So the, the flip side to that, if we can't find any evidence of an advanced civilization, despite the fact what we've talked about here seems to imply a really high level of intelligence. So if we can't find evidence of an, of a, of an intelligent civilization on the planet Earth, this is where we get fanciful with some of these theories about, well, okay, then could it be aliens? Yeah, well, before we go full nuts, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to think that we do, we, you see, there are all sorts of problems with this, Tony. I would, I'd like to, I would like to think that there's no, that there aren't any aliens involved. And it's crazy to talk about aliens. But yeah. as you know, I have recently begun ever so slightly to change my mind, to flip-flop on this, and to begin to accept the possibility that we are not alone. Because uh, I, I, I spoke to you privately. Well, I sent you a private message. <laughs> yeah, you did, you I did. said, I said uh, because of certain things, which we can talk about in, in the future podcast, that I'm beginning to think, well, this really needs some kind of explanation. <laughs> you know, we can't just sweep it away. And well, the what, reason, if you don't mind me asking, what was one of the, just for our sake of our listeners, because there must be something there that you must have thought what. And that's actually changed your point of view slightly. So is there anyone that you can bring to the to the front and explain to our listeners now? Well, it was the head of the Russian space agency saying there's something out there. Because every time there are military innovations, these objects show up and seem to be observing. And he said it's not just us. It's the Americans, it's the Chinese, it's it's humanity that's being observed. 
and it's got to do with our militaries. Like when, you know, nothing happens and then we design a new kind of missile or we design a new kind of aircraft or something. And when it's going through its paces, there's an increase in UFO activity. And then after a while, that dies down. So as if they've come and studied us and then gone. And it's like, who's doing that? It's not us. And, and this has been going on for decades. And it's, so, not, it's not drones or our enemy. No, it's been over decades before we spoke about, you know, drones or anything. Been like, remember the original Foo Fighters, that, that phrase, Foo Fighters, mm. that first emerged in the Second World War. Yeah. So this has been going on for decades. And and this guy who was talking about the, this Russian, uh, head of Russian space agency, was, was, was talking about this is something that, you know, like military types of uh, high up military types know about. And then, of course, there's the, the Tic Tac video. So I went back and looked at that again. And this time, because before, previously, I've been looking at it as definitely like a human vehicle. Yeah. This time, because my mind was more open, I, I looked at it again and I took note of the way it was zipping around. And you think, well, that's not really how we design. I mean, what method of propulsion, for one thing, was it actually using? Hmm. It wasn't burning hydrocarbon fuels, that's for sure. Yeah. So there are questions. I'm not full sort of full gonzo on this yet. But all I'm saying is that I used to just say a flat out no before. I used to be totally skeptical. But I'm not, I, I am no longer totally skeptical. I, I, I would no longer be shocked to find out that there are aliens. Okay. So going back to our topic today mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. who built the aliens and using my, my sort aliens? of... No, sorry, <laughs> they built the pyramids, sorry. Uh, and my logic in terms of, you know, there's certainly some intelligence that's clearly, so, clearly more advanced that's built, a, I believe, the, the pyramids and all these artefacts that were discovered, which are so, so beautifully made and so the precision, the precision mm. And the the delicacy of some of these things. I mean, there was one shown as an example, one of these artifacts. It resembled an egg made of made of obsidian, an mm. egg. And the design allowed it to be balanced on the tiniest bit at the bottom. And it's still it's in a museum today. And it looks like an, an egg shape all cut out from obsidian and it balances on the tiniest tiniest part of its of its outer casing on the spot and it's steady i mean that's incredible craftsmanship mm -hmm. even by our standards today we you know we we pale into insignificance to that and this was this was found well obviously at the at the base of the first pyramid and it's it's supposed to be thousands of years old so yeah how was the it thing made? is you see, when when I'm not to poo poo this alien thing, hmm. the only reason is because we can't we haven't found any evidence of this earlier civilization. Yeah. Now, if they built the pyramids and the pyramids survived and the Sphinx survived, then you have to dismiss the notion of a catastrophe that affected 
the landscape because otherwise the pyramids themselves would have been destroyed. Mm. Yes, of so, course. Uh-huh. And if it was not a catastrophe, uh, some kind of global, even if it was a global catastrophe, we found fossils of the dinosaurs. Why haven't we found advanced craft and things? You know, we found the obsidian, obsidian artifaction uh, jars and art, yeah, all these jars and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Well, so if they had space-going vehicle, well, okay, and if they had um, uh, air, air, aircraft and ships, and surely we would have stumbled across something. How come it's just this? This is, you see, this is my main beef. How yeah. come it's just this and nothing else? That's my problem with being an earlier civilization. There's no, no trace, no other trace of them. So our assumptions, again, we need to look at our assumptions. Maybe it was aliens because they came, they built this thing, and then they naffed off. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that is the final solution. But why were they building obsidian vessels which they left behind? And in fact, what was the point of the pyramids even? Yeah. None of it, you know? So, ugh, ugh. You know, yeah. it's one of these mysteries where you just go, I, you start th- throwing your hands up and saying, I, I don't know. <laughs> Genuinely I mean, don't know. Um, something which is really also very interesting is there's, um, there's this little, as part of this, I mean, I'm fascinated by all these jars and artifacts they found, 40,000 of them they unearthed. 40,000? I know, 40,000. And one in particular, which I saw a photo of, it seems to stand out for me because mm. if you remember, this is pre-Bronze Age, yeah. okay? But a, a few of the artifacts have got gold on them, but in our in in intricate design. Mm. So they must have whoever crafted these must have known about not welding but but melting metal in order to form shapes that covered some of the stones. And so, I mean, one in particular looked, if I can try and describe it for our audience, it looked like a whistle, but a long whistle made Mm. of, made of stone, but the end, the bit that you blow into was gold. And it had a hole designed in it, a bit where there was a tiny little hole that looked like it was a whistle that you blow into, but that was gold. So it was melted and formed around that to create that shape on the stone. And it looks out of place when you put it against the other artifacts that were found away from the pyramid and away from the obsidian vases and all those intricate stoneware, but brought with the other Egyptian artifacts that they've discovered over the years it, it really does look like a fish out of water it doesn't fit they don't fit they're far in advance of all the other stuff that came after that it, it does seem to indicate either an intelligence as you said but where does that intelligence come from why have we not found any evidence of it on the planet earth or is it just still buried and we just haven't found it? It, we, it, it could be, but as you yeah. rightly say, why have we found the why have the pyramids still here? 
okay, they're, they're built well. <laughs> Give them that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they can probably withstand quite a lot of turmoil on the planet. Yeah, well, palaces, for instance. You know, okay, yeah. so they built these wonderful pyramids. Did they not build, you know, fantastic palaces for themselves? Whoever mm-hmm. these people were. Well, okay, so another another question is this. Another yeah. thing is this. The, these pyramids are smack in the middle of what is now the desert, but in those days would not have been, actually have been very lush, almost marshy la- land. Okay. And the, those stones did not come from anywhere near the, you know, where the pyramids stand. No, they didn't. They're, they're so quarried how, in Aswan, which is a thousand kilometers away. How the heck <laughs> did they drag these humongous stones, you know, like you said, a thousand miles away, over a thousand miles, over rough terrain. It's not exactly they had the M1 or anything, you know, to no. a motorway to or highway to drag them down. So how did they do it? And and the 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 common answer is a rather foolish answer. They said, you know, they put them on barges. But the largest barge we've ever found the Egyptians. Um, using wouldn't have been able to take even one of the smaller stones. No, never mind one of the larger ones. So the answer is we don't know. See, see that's frustrating, isn't it? Very, it's, very. Because and it's not just it's not just that we don't know. Because we don't know it could be well, it could be A, B, or C, but we don't know which. That's not it. No, it's we we don't have an A. We don't have a B. <laughs> we don't have a C. We actually don't know. We don't there, know there how the stones some, go. There from are some people. theories, of course there are. No, but I mean there's I mean I'm talking about workable theories. Just saying that it, they put them on a badge with no evidence, that's not a theory. That's just that's that, that's not actually a scientific thing to say because it's not reasonable. No. There's no evidence for it. If you have evidence for something, that's fine. But just, ah, it must have been a badge. Why? Because you can't think of something else? Maybe it wasn't a badge. This is what I'm trying to say, that there's a level of speculation where that's no longer academically viable. Sound, thank you. It's not not academically sound because you just pull that out. Sorry to use the expression. You just pull that out of your bottom. It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) It's it's nonsensical. You know, you just, oh, yeah, it must have been. Why? Why must it have been? Ha, okay, show us. There was this chap who was saying, they could have used a bronze saw. There's a video of, of uh, Egyptologists saying, oh, it must have been a, a bronze saw that was used to cut these stones. And I'll demonstrate it. So, okay. he, you know, the skeptic showed up with a camera and then he said, okay, he got these two Egyptian lads and he said, well, there you go. So this long, uh, long saw, bronze saw. And said, what we do is we put sand uh, and it's the sand that actually does the cutting, not the saw. Right. And so the, the boys started going back and forth, back and forth. You know how when men are standing at either end of a saw, yeah, they're yeah, pulling yeah. back and forth? Yeah. And they were doing this, and then one of the skeptics said, so, so how long do you think reckon this is going to take? I said, oh, we've been practicing, and it's okay. It took us in practice four hours to go down one millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the skeptic was like, "Well, oh, that's a waste of time." I just just kind of left. 
<laughs> well, I'm not surprised. Yeah, that because wow. how many stones? How many stones did you say? Two point three million. Two point five. Yeah, two point three million stones. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, at 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 one millimeter every four, four hours. Four hours. And then, <laughs> so the following day, whatever it was, I don't know. They came back, and it was maybe about an inch deep. I said, right. "Oh, we were able to accelerate it by adding water." So that's one day. We went down four inches or something, <laughs> and it it had no resemblance to the fine cut that we're talking about. Wow, no wow. resemblance at all. So you have these people who just they call themselves academics, but they just don't they, they can't be objective. Mm. They have to go with their personal biases and prejudices and assumptions and beliefs. Yeah. This, because this, anyone looking at that just would say, no, that's not how it was done now. You know, it's just yeah. blindingly obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's certain theories about certain bits of the process. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, there's one about how did they get the rocks or the stones if they were on a barge, but you've already debunked that anyway. But even if they had a, a vessel big enough to bring it on the on the Nile, the Nile is still six and a half miles, 6.2 miles away from the Giza site. So how did they transport? <laughs> Do you see what I mean? It's like, the, ticklish, well, how... the ticklish problem of getting a 25-ton <laughs> rock granite stone yeah, off a barge, that, that's a ticklish problem. Yeah. And then the other t- thing is this. Are you trying to say that you're moving... 2.3 million stones. There was never, ever, ever an accident or anything on well, the map. Of course. So why don't we see the 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 accidents? Yeah, the know? stones that have fallen into the Nile. Yeah. Where so are those then? Yeah, it's it's nonsense. We have no idea, do we? These are no. all theories, as be- at best they are, and and they sound you know, plausible to a point, but then when you investigate further, you can just find so many holes in them. I mean, yeah. What and also the the someone then added to that story and said, Oh yeah, what they did, they built this like a, a reservoir, water shaft from mm. the Nile that went all the way to the pyramid. So they floated the rocks on the water to the pyramid. Now Imagine what we just said. This water channel would have been 6.2 miles long for a start. It would have had to be constructed and then filled with water so that enough so these stones didn't just sink. There was enough water in there to keep them buoyed. Otherwise, they just sink. Mm -hmm. Think about that. So how would you then elevate these rocks in this channel? to move those rocks all the way along and pulled by humans or oxen. Obviously, if the if these rocks, these big, big slabs could float somehow, then you could sort of believe it. But they're two and a half ton, the smaller ones, by themselves. They're not going to just float. They're going to sink. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> rocks tend not to float back. <laughs> so, you know, you have to then start to work out how the hell could they, you know, create something, a boat or something to lift these rocks up in this channel. So the channel would have to be, A, as deep as the Nile. 
to support that sort of weight. So if that was the case, where's the evidence for this? Where, where is the yeah? Where is the is the channel? Yeah. Where's the channel? Why why they break it down if that was uh, if that was the answer? And then once if, you've got to lift, the, mm -hmm. well, once you've got the the stones there, how do you lift them up to the top end of the actual pyramid? Well, How I assume the same way you actually lift them, lifted them from where you got them in Aswan onto the barges in the first place. So you've already cracked it once. I assume you would have cracked it again and taken them off. But it's just... Well, how'd you go it's up? Just, up mm. with water. Do you see what I mean? How'd you then drag them up to the top of the, of the pyramid as you're building it up? You've still got to bring the stones from the bottom up. How? Oh, that. Oh, yeah. That. Well... You see, you see, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I genuinely don't know. I, that, that's one of those things I don't, I don't know. Because they didn't know. have the wheel, did they? they wasn't didn't... there some huge, well, I'm going to come back to that in a second, but wasn't there uh, another mystery being the actual cap of the, the pyramid? It's a, it's a single stone, isn't it? I mean, it's missing now. It fell or something, correct? Well, no, no, it's still there. The cap is still there, but it's what's come off is the bits on the sides. Because if you think about this, this pyramid was sleek all the way yes, down. Yes, yes, yeah. So it's, that cap, right? Mm, isn't there something about how heavy that was? The cap I mean, itself like, is huge. Yeah. Yes. Oh, exactly. So that's the other thing. It's like, okay, how the hell did you take the cap up there? You understand? It's, you know, it's like, it's a mystery, pal. It's it's an enduring, I don't know how it was done. It, it'd, be, it'd be wonderful to find out one day, you know, if someone just can figure it out. Because, I mean, I don't even think anyone, you know, like multi-billionaires, I mean, uh, who's the richest man in the world? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. He, he, rather than buy Twitter, I'd have asked him to, Try to build a, a pyramid. You reckon? Yeah. I he thinks they're made by aliens. He says oh, that. Wow. Oh, okay. So he doesn't believe that they were made by ancient Egyptians at all. He, he... Yeah, but you see, why are the barracks then? The barracks? What, for hmm. people working, you mean? Yeah. If it wasn't built by the ancient Egyptians, why are there barracks near the pyramids? Well, there must have been people working on them, but how did they do it? Did they get So help? it was them, from what you've just said now? Well, I don't know. I need, I know the barracks were there, but so there must have been some work going ahead, but to construct the pyramids from scratch, mm -hmm. I'm still flummoxed. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean they weren't built by them. It's just that we haven't discovered how they've done it. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Supposing, not aliens, but supposing there was a priestly order who knew how to cut these stones. Okay. Okay? And supposing this priestly order kept their knowledge totally secret. Okay. And then supposing a pharaoh came along who quarreled with them and killed them all without thinking things through. I mean, we know leaders don't always think things through because we're living in a moment when Western leaders haven't thought through what they're doing with Russia. So we, we, we have a living, living examples of leaders not always thinking things through. 
So if that was the case, if there was this priestly, priestly order who knew how to cut these stones, who had some kind of technology that they kept very, very secret. And then who was it? Amenhotep? Who was it? Pharaoh Amenhotep, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. Akhenaten. Pharaoh Akhenaten, okay. who came along. And he was the first pharaoh who said, no, forget about all these multiple gods. There's only one god, the sun god. He was the first monotheist, remember? Mm-hmm. And he created a lot of hassle in his kingdom because he was trying to force monotheism on his population and they weren't, they weren't happy. So, I mean, Egyptologists would probably be rolling their eyes and thinking this tire doesn't know anything because he's got his order of events all wrong. Well, what I'm trying to say is imagine if there is a religious problem and then the priestly order is killed and the secret disappears with them. That would account for virtually everything. Uh, well, no, it doesn't account for anything, actually, because we still don't know how they did it. But at least it keeps it human, and at least it keeps it Egyptian. We just don't then just end up saying whatever the secret they took with them, it was multiple secrets. It was the secret of lifting heavy weights and the secret of cutting stones. So there were multiple secrets, because it's not just a question of cutting those stones so finely. There's also the question of how do you lift the blooming things? Mm. How do you transport them? But if, do you feel that that would be a knowledge that they would have acquired or would it been given to them? As you say, could it have been acquired via visions or something? So that's what you're saying. No, so you're, making it, you're making it worldly so that they're humans that know how to do it. But then in order to use that information – they would have used tools, would they not? Yeah. And that's the missing the piece. Yeah, I agree. There's, look, my theory is full of holes, pal. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's full of holes. I'm just trying desperately to avoid going aliens, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to stay away from the alien thing. And I'm bending over backwards and probably making a fool of myself at the same time. But, but yeah, there's a problem. But, but, but then again, the barracks. So I do, I do have a little bit, a tiny little bit of evidence on my side, which is that an awful lot of people were once housed near the pyramids and they seem to be workers. When you something. say an awful lot, what do you mean? Thousands. What are we talking num- thousands. Because there were some numbers with, mm-hmm. with the, some of the weights that they were talking about. The, remember I mentioned earlier in the show about the Serapian boxes, which were yes. r- roughly Sakai. 70, yeah, which were 70 to 100 tons each. They worked out that it would take 2,000 men to move the, the box and the lid from, from that area. So 2,000 men's weight and strength would be enough to lift a 100-ton weight. Now, granted, how can you get 2,000 men in that little tomb? I have no idea. There's no space, but that's a separate question again. So if we're talking if we're talking weights of stone for movement, moving these stones, granted, they're not all 100 tons. Like I said, some were, were two and a half tons of smaller blocks, and some were, were 20 tons. But that's still a, a sizable number of men that would be needed just to move one block 
Mm. And remember, they had no wheels. So yeah, why do you say that? Though? What about chariots? No, they didn't have chariots. Well, I've seen chariots. I've seen Egyptians on chariots fighting. Mm, no, apparently the wheel wasn't even invented. That came later. Okay. So the only thing that they had was logs that they could have put underneath things. So yeah, logs on a uh, hundred ton well, stone. That's not going to fare very well, is it? It's no, not going to do anything, basically. Well, you'd have to put several logs all underneath the chariot of construction or whatever you made. Then the logs interfere with one another and you get friction and I don't think you're able to pull anything. Wow. But it, but they're saying as well that they were pulled along the ground and it's sand. So they wet the sand in order to drag it easier along the sand. But if you're, if you're wetting the sand to pull this heavy weight, mm. how do you get grip if you've wet the sand? Your feet are going to sink in it, surely. So the people pulling. So do you see what I mean? I, I'm already finding holes in the in the narrative of moving the rocks by you know by just sheer brute force. And you'd need, like I said, you know, hundreds of men, if anything, not thousands, with some of the rocks. But you've got two and a half million rocks. You've then got to you know mine them from wherever it was as one. Get them transported yes, a thousand. Yeah, exactly. Because the bronze couldn't do it. Bronze tools couldn't couldn't mine the blocks. Wow, I'm mindful and we're getting to the end of the show here, by the way. So I'm I'm looking at you very shortly to sum up here. But yeah, go on, carry on. To, to you didn't have pneumatic drills. You didn't have pneumatic drills. Like I said, the problem of movement and and placement is just one insurmountable problem in itself. And then the other problem is the problem of um, artistry, of, of craft, craftsmanship, which we can't match today. No. So there are your two problems right there. And that means, to sum it up for you, that means we don't know who built the pyramids. No. It's very unlikely that it was the ancient Egyptians. Very unlikely. I'm with you there. We don't know, and that's all we can say. I'm not going to put my my hat on aliens i'm not going to put my hat Yay. on any one other thing <laughs> although it does strengthen the argument for that but we have to sort of go with we don't know we yeah. just don't know because of all the all the different theories out there none of them hold up under scrutiny so i'm with you on that one it's, it's infuriating it is, it is <laughs> I'd love to hear the feedback from our listeners if they've got any views on this. But, yeah, with that, unfortunately, we have reached the end of the show for another week. 